On the other hand, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And those people who believe, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they do righteous deeds. Pride, their ego, doesn't prevent them from believing. It doesn't prevent them from performing righteous deeds. And Allah says that لا نُكَلِّفُ We do not overburden نَفْسًا a soul إِلَّا except وُسْعَهَا its capacity. لا نُكَلِّفُ We do not burden, we do not make responsible any person except its وُسْر Meaning, except with something that he is able to do. In other words, righteous deeds are not impossible to perform. Belief is not impossible to have. It is not impossible. No matter how hard it is, you can still do it. Because if Allah has put you in a situation and has required something from you, then you know what? It is within your wusr. It is within your ability, your capacity. Wusr is what? Something that a person can do. He doesn't have to exert a lot of effort in order to do it. No, it's within his capacity. He can do it. Any command, any instruction of our deen, we see that we are capable of doing it. It may be a little challenging, it may be a little hard, but at the end of the day, we are capable. And depending on what the strength of a person is, he is made responsible for certain things. For instance, if a person does not have the strength to stand up and pray salah, then he has been exempted from that. And he has been given the allowance to sit and pray. Right? To lie down and pray. If a person does not have the strength to use water, to purify himself, he has been exempted from that. He has been given the allowance of just using mud, clean soil, in order to do tayammum. So, لَا نُكَلِّفُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا If Allah requires something from us, remember that we can do it. So take the example of reciting Qur'an. Is it impossible? Is it impossible to learn to read the Qur'an? It is not impossible. Even if it takes you 5-10 years, you know what? You did it. You did it. I always get amazed when I listen to shuyukh or you know speakers that were non-Muslim once upon a time. And now they recite the verses of the Qur'an, they use words from the Arabic language as if it was their mother tongue. They read so fluently, they pronounce so easily, and sometimes they do struggle as well. But you know what? If they could do it, that's an evidence that you can do it too. Because this person, when they were 5 years old, when they were 10 years old, when they were 15 years old, some even when they were 20 years old, until then, they never heard the sound ah. Never. They never heard the sound ha. They never heard it. They never heard the sound ra. It's not even in their first languages, these sounds. They're not in their first language. But if they are pronouncing ha and a and ra, then you know what? You can do it too. You can also do it. Even if it takes you 50 attempts to figure out how to say a properly, do it anyway. Yes. Lately I've been watching... Uh episodes or shows on YouTube. It's called uh, Traveling with the Quran, where they go around to, it's not only with kids, but like hafids, so older people, young people. And most of them are about young hafids or older hafids, like around certain ages that complete the Quran in like a couple of years. 
and they're either blind or have autism or can't even function, like motor functions properly, like they can't speak properly or something. And they completed it. And their half, it's, it's not just completing the Qur'an, more like they note where each eye is in the Qur'an. Yes. And if they can do it without the blessings of their eyesight or like general things that we are given, how can't we do it? Exactly. Because remember that if there's something that you want to do, you will be able to do. And you will find the strength and the capacity. Because if Allah puts you in a situation, remember that He equipped you before He put you in that situation. So you are able to do it. You just have to overcome yourself, sometimes your ego, sometimes your laziness in order to do it. Because remember that لَا نُكَلِّفُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا If Allah has put you in it, He equipped you for it. So you can do it. It's not impossible. So entry into Jannah, it's not cheap. It's not easy. But at the same time, it's not impossible either. You can do it. Following what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded, okay, it's not that simple. But at the same time, it's not impossible either. You can do it. So such people who overcome their inner challenges and they use the strength that Allah has given them and they perform amal salih, such people, أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ jannah. Those are the companions of Jannah. هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ And they will abide therein eternally. And when they enter Jannah, right before they enter, what will happen? وَنَزَعْنَا And we will remove, we will pull out Ma whatever fi is in sudurihim their chests. What is in their chests? Min ghillin. Any resentment, any grudge, any hidden enmity, hidden hatred that was in their hearts and they weren't able to get rid of it themselves before they enter Jannah, what will happen? Allah will remove it from their hearts. Because Jannah is a beautiful place, it's a peaceful place, where everyone is meant to be happy, not for one moment, but forever. Everyone in Jannah is meant to be comfortable and relaxed. And you cannot physically relax if you are tensed and stressed out inside. If you're uncomfortable because of the presence of someone, if you feel awkward because of the presence of someone, then you can't be happy. What is it that makes you uncomfortable in the presence of others? It's because there's some feeling in your heart, some grudge maybe, because you were hurt from them, so you kept it in your heart, you tried to get over it, you tried to get rid of it, but at the end of the day, what are you? A human being. So what will happen before people will enter Jannah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will clean their hearts. He will wash their hearts. He will pull out. Notice the word nazarna, pull out. That hatred, that enmity, that grudge, that feeling of animosity, that jealousy, He will pull out. Because in Jannah, only clean people can go. Those that are clean outwardly and inwardly. Those who are beautiful externally and internally. Those who have internal beauty can enter. And what is it that destroys your inner beauty? It is? It is what? 
the grudges, the hatred, the enmity, the feelings of revenge that we have for others. So all those things will be pulled out. It, they will be taken out. And then people will be admitted into Jannah. Now notice something. Earlier Allah said, لا نكلف نفسا إلا وسرها. Right? So if you are in a situation, you're dealing with someone, and they hurt you. Right? And those feelings, they're in your heart. You try to forgive them, but you just can't. Remember that Allah has given you the ability to control yourself, even despite those feelings. Despite those feelings. Because who is being taken into Jannah? People who have grudges in their hearts. Because no human being is perfect. Right? There's two things. One is that you have ill feelings for someone in your heart. And that's natural. It will happen. No matter who you are. Because even the Prophet ﷺ, he forgave Wahshi. But what did he say? He didn't want to see him. Why? Because he was very hurt. He didn't want to see Wahshi. Even though he forgave him, but he didn't want to see him. He was a human being, right? He was hurt. So this will happen. You will be hurt. You will have ill feelings in your heart. But, one is that you show those feelings. You act on them. You speak according to them. You speak them out. And the other is that you control them. You curb them. You resist them. You don't act according to them. So for instance, in your heart, you're very hurt because of what someone said to you. One is that you show to them that you're very hurt. You go and say something to them, or you don't even look at them. You treat them in a very harsh manner. And you really get the message across that I have been hurt. Do we do that? Very often. And the other is that you're hurt inside, but what do you do? On the outside, you don't show anything. This is what fa'fu wasfahu means, right? That when you see them, you just smile at them, you say salam, and okay, you don't have the guts to talk to them, you don't have that heart to speak to them, so what do you do? You just go and sit by yourself. But you did say salam. You did smile at them and you moved on. You don't want to have a conversation with them because you are very hurt. Legitimately, you are very hurt. However, that doesn't mean that you don't even greet them. So the person who will try to control himself, who doesn't act according to those ill feelings, then what will happen before he enters into Jannah? Allah will clean his heart completely. Because he at least tried to clean his heart. The person who doesn't even try to correct his heart, he doesn't even try to clean his heart, then he will have a problem on the Day of Judgment. Who will be cleaned? The one who tries to clean himself. So, وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِم مِّنْ غِلٍ We will pull out from their hearts any kind of ghil that they will have in their hearts. And once they enter Jannah, Tajri, it will flow. Min tahtihim, from beneath them, al-anhal, the rivers, under the trees, under the palaces, under their control. Waqalu, and they will say, the people of Jannah, when they will enter Jannah, what will they say? Alhamdulillah, all praise to Allah. All praise and thanks for who? Allah, Alladhi, the one who hadana, He guided us lihada to this. All thanks to Allah who guided us to this, who brought us to this destination. 
who took us to Jannah, who led us to Jannah, because wama and not kunna we were linahtadiya, that we obtain guidance, meaning we were never able to do this ourselves. Lola, if not on that hadan Allah, Allah guided us. Meaning, if Allah had not guided us to Jannah, we could never have attained this guidance ourselves. We could never have made it to Jannah ourselves. Typically what happens? That when people you know, gain something, they manage to achieve their goal, what happens? They say that, you know, my efforts, they paid off. Right? My striving, it paid off. All that money that was spent, it was worth it. All those hours that were spent, worth it. So in a way, they're giving credit to what? Their efforts, their time, their money, their sacrifice. The people of Jannah, they will give all credit to who? Allah. All praise and thanks to Him who brought us here. Because if we were left on our own, we could never have made it. And is that true? Yes. No person can ever make it to Jannah just by himself. Because in order to get to Jannah, you need Hidayah. And Hidayah is of two kinds. Hidayatul Ilm and Hidayatul Amal. First of all, know what to do in order to get to Jannah. How do you know? How can you know? If Allah teaches you, if Allah informs you, only then you can know what to do. If you want to get to a destination, first of all, you have to know what the route is. Right? So if somebody tells you the route, only then you can get there. And secondly, you need Hidayatul Tawfiq, Hidayatul Amal, the ability to follow that, the ability to do it. So who is it that gives that ability? Who is it that gives that confidence and that strength? Who? Allah. So وَمَا كُنَّا لِنَهْتَدِيَ لَوْ لَا أَنْهَدَانَ Allah. If Allah had not guided us, we could never ever have made it to Jannah. All credit goes to Allah. And this is true. That no matter what we do in this life, any righteous deed, remember that because Allah enabled you, this is why you did it. Sometimes we're very happy about the fact that we're wearing a hijab. Hmm? Very happy about the fact that we are doing this. Especially when we see others who are struggling with a particular good deed and we're doing it, we feel happy about it. But never feel proud. You know why? Because you are doing it right now just because Allah enabled you. He gave you the strength, He gave you the confidence, He gave you the knowledge, He gave you His fear, He gave you His love, He gave you the hope for His reward, which is why you're doing it. Because there are many others who know, but they don't have that confidence, they don't have that desire, and they're not able to do it. Any good deed that we accomplish, whether it is recitation of the Qur'an, or it is studying the Qur'an, or it is fasting, or it is an act of charity, any good deed, never become boastful about it. Always remain humble. Ya Allah, you guided me. You enabled me. Because if it was left to me, I could never have done it. I'm such a loser. I'm such a failure. If I look at myself, if I'm doing anything, it's because Allah enabled me. So all credit goes to who? Allah. All thanks to who? Allah. Because if He did not guide us, we were nothing. وَمَا كُنَّا لِنَهْتَدِيَ لَوْلَا أَنْهَدَانَ اللَّهِ So the people of Jannah, they say this today. Anytime they accomplish something, this is what they say. 
And in the hereafter, in paradise, again they will say this, that Allah guided us. All credit is for Allah. لَقَدْ جَاءَتْ Certainly they came. Who? رُسُلُ Messengers. رَبِّنَا Of our Lord. بِالْحَقْ With the truth. The messengers of our Lord brought the truth. The messengers of our Lord brought the truth about the hereafter. Whatever they taught us, it was the truth because when we accepted it, when we did it, that is because we made it to Jannah. They brought the truth. Wanudu, and they will be called from Nida Nundalia. They will be called until Kumul Jannah. That this, O oh you all, is Jannah. This Jannah, Uristumuha, you all have been made to inherit it from Wauratha. Inheritance. You all have been made to inherit it. Why? Bima kuntum ta'amaloon because of what you used to do. You did something. Allah guided you. You accepted it. You did something. And therefore today, you become the heirs of paradise. Why has this been called heirs of paradise? There are many explanations that the scholars have given. But one is that Jannah is the original home. Right? That is where Adam salam was sent first. That is where he was made to live before he was sent to Jannah. And because of a mistake, he was expelled. Yes, he was meant to go to the earth. But the fact that Adam salam lived in Jannah shows that by obedience to Allah, the children of Adam can go to Jannah. So it's like their real home, their original home. But what happens? Shaitan doesn't want people to go to Jannah. So he misguides them. And he wants them to end up in hellfire. Uristamuha, You have been made to inherit it. Why? Because of your amal. Also another reason is that a share of inheritance, it is fixed. Right? And you deserve it in the sense that it is your legal right to have it. And just like that, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with a person, then هَلْ جَزَاءُ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ Is there any recompense for good except for good? No, it's only good. And what is that good? Jannah. The Prophet ﷺ said that no one can attain Jannah just because of his actions. Know that good deeds of one of you will not admit him into Jannah. It's not that you can buy Jannah, you can take Jannah in exchange for your deeds. They said, not even you, O Messenger of Allah. He said, not even I, unless Allah grants it to me out of His mercy and favor. So it is only when a person pleases Allah, makes Allah happy, that Allah will grant him paradise. Uristumuha bima kuntum ta'maloon because of what you used to do. So what do we see in this ayah? That the people of Jannah, when they enter, their hearts will be cleansed. They will be purified. They will be clean, beautiful, internally and externally. When they enter, they will give credit and thanks to Allah. And they will acknowledge that whatever Allah sent was the truth. And they'll be told, this is Jannah that you have received today. Why? Because of your efforts. In a hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said, after the believers are saved from entering the fire, meaning after the people will cross the bridge, over hellfire, those who will fall in hellfire will fall. And those who will survive, they will cross the bridge. Right? You all know, right? That on the day of judgment, every single one of us has to cross the bridge. Because Allah says in the Quran, وَإِن مِّنْكُمْ إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا 
One of the companions, he was asked that which ayah is the most difficult verse of the Qur'an. And that is what he said. That each one of us has to go over hellfire. We have to cross that bridge which is thinner than a hair and sharper than a sword. And every single one of us has to go over it. And it's not just that bridge. There's hooks that will be you know, catching people and causing them to fall into the fire of hell. And that will be a result of what? They're breaking ties with their relatives. They broke ties with their relatives and as a result, what will happen? As they cross the bridge, these hooks will cause them to fall into the fire of hell. So those who survive, those who manage to pass, when they will pass, they will be kept in wait by a bridge between Jannah and hellfire. So they'll cross this bridge over hellfire and then there is another bridge that they have to cross in order to get to Jannah. But they'll be kept in wait over there before they're allowed to enter Jannah finally. And over there, what will happen? Any transgression that occurred between them in the life of this world will be judged. Because even believers, they can have problems with one another. Siblings, in-laws, friends, cousins, co-workers, even though they both pray, they both fast, they both love the Qur'an, they both love Allah, but they're human beings. They can have problems with one another. So all those problems will be solved right there and then. They will be judged. Until when they are purified and cleansed, then they will be given permission to enter Jannah. So no one can enter Jannah with a grudge in their heart. I cannot forgive this person. If a person says that, they can't enter Jannah. Only after they forgive the other, only after they are happy with the other, can they enter Jannah. And if they can't do it themselves, then Allah will remove that ghil for them. But it can only be possible if we try. If we try to forgive people. But if we keep recounting the mistakes that others have made, and the transgressions they have committed against us, an incident happened 10 years ago and we still remember it and we still mention it and we still think about it. We don't let ourselves get over it. Then it's our fault. Allah will clean who? Those who try to clean themselves. Because Allah. The one who tries to be patient, Allah gives him patience. The one who tries to forgive, Allah gives him the ability to forgive. So when they will be clean then they will be given permission to enter paradise. And when they enter Jannah, the Prophet ﷺ said, by he in whose hand is my soul, one of them will be able to find his dwelling in Jannah more easily than he did in the life of this world. In the life of this world, your house, in your street, you know very well, you can even go there with your eyes closed. You can go there in the darkness of the night. Right? You can walk backwards. You can go easily because you know where your house is. But the house in Jannah, a person will be able to find it more easily. More easily. But this is for who? Those who are clean inside and outside. So where we focus on external beauty, internal beauty we cannot neglect. Wanada. And he will call out, Who? Ashabul Jannah. When the people of Jannah are in Jannah, then they will call out to who? Ashab al-Nar, the people of the fire. What will they say? And that, قَدْ in fact, wajadana we found. Ma that which wa'adana he promised us. Who promised us? Rabbuna, our Lord. Whatever that our Lord promised us of reward, 
of good recompense, of great freedom and happiness and luxury and reward in Jannah, we found all of that to be haqqa, to be true. Meaning Allah has fulfilled every promise that He made with us. For instance, if a person leaves his right in order to solve an argument, in order to solve a dispute, then he is guaranteed a house in paradise. Right? The one who humbles himself, he is guaranteed reward in paradise. Different people, for different kinds of actions that they do, they are promised reward in paradise. So the people of paradise will say that we have found every promise of Allah to be true. We learned in the Qur'an, the people of Jannah will get these kind of clothes, this kind of food, تَدْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا anhar. All of that is true. We found it to be true. It's like you're told that when you will go to such and such place, you know, this will be there, that will be there. So when you go there, you're expecting it, right? And as you find it, you're like, yeah, okay. You know, they were true about this. They were right about this. Okay, they fulfilled this promise. They fulfilled that promise. So the people of Jannah, they will say to the people of Hellfire that we have found every promise of Allah to be true. فَهَلْ سُدِدْ وَجَدْتُمْ You found مَا that which وَعَدَ رَبُّكُمْ Your Lord promised حَقَّ true. Meaning whatever your Lord promised you in hellfire, did you find that to be true? So the different punishments that are mentioned in the Qur'an about hellfire, did you actually find them? Did you actually see them? Did you actually experience those punishments? قَالُوا They will say, نَعَمْ Yes. They will say, yes, we have found every threat to be true, every promise to be true. Hamim, Rassaq, Zakum, all of that we have found it to be true. Naar, min fawqihim, wa min tahtihim, gawash, mihad, all of that we have found it to be true. Angels, beating people of hellfire, yes, we have found it to be true. Qalu na'am, they will say yes. Fa'adhana mu'adhin. Then, he will announce who? Mu'adhin, an announcer. From the root letters, Hamza dal noon adhan. To make an announcement. So, an announcement will be made بينهم, between them, meaning both the people of Jannah, the people of Hellfire, will hear this announcement clearly, loud and clear. And that Allah, the curse of Allah, is on the wrongdoers. It is on the wrongdoers. They are far removed from the mercy of Allah. Now we see here that a conversation will take place between the people of Jannah and the people of Hellfire. How? How? Allahu A'lam. In this world, if communication can take place very clearly with people who are hundreds and thousands of miles away from you, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can cause some kind of communication to take place between the people of Jannah and the people of Hellfire as well. It's not difficult for Allah. So we should not be concerned about how this will happen. We should be concerned about what will happen. What do we learn from this? That every promise that Allah has made about Jannah, about hellfire will come true. Every reward that He has said will be given, will be given. Every punishment that He has said will be given, will be given. Who are the zalimin? Who are the wrongdoers? Alladina, those who yasudduna, they stop an sabilillah from the way of Allah. They don't go on the way of Allah themselves and they stop others from the way of Allah as well. They don't let people obey Allah. وَيَبْغُونَهَا And they seek it. بَغَيْنِيَا Meaning they want that the way of Allah should be what? عِوَجْ Crooked. 
Meaning that people should see it as crooked. What is crooked? Bent. Meaning not right, not proper, perverted. They want that people should view the religion of Allah as something that is not good. As something which if they follow, they will suffer great loss. Is this true? Are there people who try to do this all the time? If you wear hijab, you won't get married. If you dress up like this, then who will look at you? You'll get nowhere. They want that the religion of Allah should be seen as crooked so people don't follow it. Why? Because وَهُمْ and they بِالْآخِرَةِ With the hereafter, kafirun disbelievers. They disbelieve in the akhirah. Because if they believed in the akhirah, they wouldn't do this. The one who believes in the akhirah, then he follows the way of Allah. That is his lifestyle, his way of life. He will leave other, other ways, other things, and he will adopt the way of Allah. Why? Because he believes in the hereafter. وَبَيْنَهُمَا And between them two. Who? The people of Jannah and the people of hell. Between them two will be a hijab, a screen. What is hijab? A veil. So for instance, you have a hijab on your head. And what is that? A veil, a screen that prevents others from looking at your hair. It covers. So hijab is also used for a barrier. A barrier between the people of hellfire and the people of Jannah that will not let them see each other. Because if the people of Jannah can see the people of hellfire, how can they enjoy? How? How can they rest? How can they find comfort? They can't. If imagine, in this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept a screen between us and the people of the grave for our good. Because if we could hear what's going on in the grave, we wouldn't be able to survive. We wouldn't be able to enjoy anything in this life. So, وَبَيْنَهُمَا hijab. Between them will be a screen. But this conversation will take place. They will hear one another. How? Allahu A'lam. وَعَلَى الْأَعْرَافِ And upon the A'raf. A'raf, plural of Urf. What the surah is named after. What is Urf? That which is recognized. Recognition. And it's also used for height. An elevated place. Why? Because when something is at a height, then can you recognize it from far? Can you see it from far? Yes, you can. This is why many times they have a stage. And on that, the person performs. Why? So that the people can see them. So, وَعَلَى الْأَعْرَافِ أَعْرَافِ Heights. What are these heights? These heights, basically it is an elevated place between Jannah and hellfire. Some scholars have said that it is a wall, which is mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Hadid. Allahu A'lam. But it seems like this is a barrier between Jannah and hellfire, and it is elevated, it is high. It's like a wall, like a tower or something that's tall between Jannah and hellfire. So on these heights will be rijalun, will be some men, plural of rajul. Some people will be on these heights. Meaning they will not be in Jannah, they will not be in hellfire. Rather, where are they? On these heights. And when someone is at a height, then they can see what's going on down below. Right? So these people will be able to see people in Jannah and people in hellfire. So you understand? Imagine if there is a wall over here in the middle. And someone is standing. They can look to the right and they can look to the left. But the people on the right, the people on the left cannot see one another. 
But the one on the wall can see to the right and he can see to the left. So the people on the heights, they will ya'rifuna, they will recognize. Kullan each bisimahum by their marks. Sima, distinguishing mark. From the root letters, wow, see me. So they will recognize the people of Jannah and the people of Hellfire by their unique distinguishing marks. Because the people of Jannah, what's their distinguishing mark? Happiness, radiance, beauty, glow, delight. And what is the sign of the people of Hellfire? Gloom, despair, pain, regret, fear. All of that will be on their face. So they will recognize each by their distinctive marks. Now the question is, who are these people? Why aren't they either in Jannah or Hellfire? Why will they be placed on these heights? Scholars have given different interpretations. One is, Hudayfa, he was asked about the people of Al-A'raf. And he said, they are those people whose good and bad deeds are equal. Their evil deeds will prevent them from qualifying to enter Jannah. And their good deeds qualify them to avoid the fire. So in other words, their good deeds prevent them from entering hellfire. And their sins prevent them from entering Jannah. You understand? It's like they don't have enough good to enter Jannah. And they don't have enough bad to enter hellfire. They're like somewhere in the middle. Alright? Or for instance, in their records, in their lives, they perform certain deeds which guarantee Jannah. Or they performed certain deeds which take a person to hellfire. Now here is one deed that says they go to Jannah. And another deed that says they go to hellfire. So where are they supposed to go? So their matter will be deferred, will be delayed until everyone's matter is over. Okay? So their fate will be decided at the end. So for instance, if there is a person who died in the way of Allah, but at the same time, he disobeyed his parents. He disobeyed his parents. His disobedience to his parents should take him to hellfire. But his martyrdom should take him to Jannah. Or for instance, a person has made their mother very happy. Very happy. And because they have made their mother very happy, that should take them to Jannah. But at the same time, they have made their father very, very, very upset. That should take them to hellfire. You understand? So we should be very careful. Just because... We think we are doing one good thing that doesn't give us the permission to perform sins. Because we don't want to be of those people who are anxious on the Day of Judgment, who are afraid, where am I going to go? What's going to be my fate? Has it ever happened that you're sitting with a group of people waiting for your result? One is called, another is called, a third is called. So many people are called and you're just waiting anxiously, anxiously the whole time and you don't know what your fate is going to be. So وَعَلَى الْأَعْرَافِ رِجَالٌ And they'll be looking. People of Jannah. And they'll want to go to Jannah. They'll look at people of hellfire. And they'll say, we don't want to be of them. Other scholars said that they are, because Allah says, يَعْرِفُونَ كُلَّمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ They are people of knowledge. They are people of knowledge. The ulama, the fuqaha, أَصْحَابُ الْعِلْمُ وَالْمَعْرِفَةِ Who will be placed on this elevation before being sent to Jannah. Why? To be shown hellfire and to be shown Jannah. Because they believed in everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed them of. That was iman, that was ilm. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also grant them 
you can say aynul yaqeen meaning the eye of certainty that they will see and they will increase in their conviction so that they have no doubt about anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised like the prophets of Allah they believed in whatever Allah told them but Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was made to see hellfire and the punishments that were being given in hellfire why so that he would have certainty so the people who have knowledge who have yaqeen in Allah then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make them see everything observe everything before they are taken to jannah you know it's like certain people dignitaries they are given a tour of the whole place before they are taken to their destination so just like that certain individuals will be positioned over here so they can have a bird's eye view of what's happening in hellfire and a bird's eye view of what's happening in jannah ya'rifuna kullam bisimahum wanadaw and they will call out who ashab al-jannah the people of jannah they will call out to the people of paradise up from the elevations they will call out to them salamun alaykum peace be on you they will greet the people of jannah happy to see them you made it to paradise they'll be delighted to see them they will greet them allah says lam nat yadkhuluha they have entered it they have not yet entered it the people on the araf they will not have yet entered jannah but wahum yatma'un but they'll be wishing they'll be desiring they'll be hoping that inshallah hopefully i will also enter jannah soon hopefully allah will take me to jannah soon wa idha and when surifat it will be turned notice surifat as if they will not want to see themselves but they'll be turned what absaruhum their eyes their vision they'll be made to see tilqaa to words ashab an-nar people of the fire it's as if they're avoiding looking at the people of hell fire but they will not help it and they will just end up looking at them so when they will look in that direction when they will see towards the people of fire qalu they will say rabbana o our lord la taj'alna ma'al qawm al-zalimin don't make us of the wrong doing people meaning don't make us enter hell fire Imagine on the Araf, on the elevations, they look to the people of Jannah, Salamun alaykum. They look to the people of Hellfire, Ya Allah, please keep us safe. Don't let us go there. Don't let us go there. Take us to Jannah instead. Wanada, and he will call out, Who ashabul Araf? The people on the elevations. Now they will call out to Rijalim, to some men. Which men? Ya'rifunahum. They will recognize them. Bisimahum by their distinguishing marks. Mean they will recognize those individuals. Which people are they in hellfire? Because they're looking at the hellfire. So they will see some people in hellfire. They will recognize them. Oh, this is so and so. This is that person. He ended up in hellfire. So they will say to them, Qalu. They will say, Ma not aghna. It availed ankum from you. It did not benefit you. What? Jam'ukum, your gathering, your amassment. Wama, and what kuntum you were, tastakbirun, you were arrogant. Two things are not benefiting you today. Your jam' and your istikbar. What is jam'? Your collections, all that you gathered up, whether it was the thousands of people who liked you, or it was the thousands of people who followed you. Your fame is not benefiting you today. your supporters your following is not helping you today where are all those people who read everything you wrote who followed everything you did 
who religiously observed everything that you advised. Your jammer is not helping you today. Jammer also refers to all that you collected in the world. All the property, all your possessions, all your things that you gathered, it's not benefiting you today. Like we discussed earlier as well, everything that we collect in this world, where will it stay? Here. It will be destroyed at the end. It will be finished with this world. What is it that will go with you? Your deeds, your words, your good actions, they will accompany you. So they will say, your jammer, all your collections, and your pride, you used to think so highly of yourself, you kept yourself at such a high standard, it's of no use today. Where is it today? It's not benefiting you. They will say, أَهَاُلَاءِ Is it these? They will refer to the people of Jannah. They're addressing the people of hellfire, and they're talking about the people of Jannah now. They will say, is it these people, الَّذِينَ those who أَقْسَمْتُمْ You used to swear about them. قَسْم used to swear oaths that لَا not يَنَالُهُمْ He will reach them, Allahu Allah بِرَحْمَةٍ With any mercy. Isn't it these people that you said, Allah will not show any mercy to them? They will never attain anything good? That you said about the people of Iman, that they are complete losers, they're not going to get anywhere. You didn't expect any success from them, but look at them today, they're in Jannah. Because many times it happens that a person has a little bit of this world, and he thinks because I have five of these things and ten of these things, someone who doesn't have it, they're just a loser. They're not going to get anything. They're not going to get anywhere. They're just total losers. So the people on Araf will say to the people of hell, that didn't you say about the people of Jannah that Allah is not going to give them any mercy? Allah is not going to bless them in any way? Look, now they're in Jannah. Look at them, they made it to Jannah. So your pride didn't benefit you. Your being judgmental about others did not benefit you. So what does it teach us? What lesson can we take for ourselves? That no matter what we have, no matter how much money, no matter how many possessions, no matter how many things, never belittle the other just because he has less than you. We are no ones to judge the fate of others. We are no ones to judge other people that they're not going to get anywhere or they're going to be complete losers because of our limited possessions. We are nothing. Only Allah decides. And then at this point, the people of A'raf, Allah will tell them, Udukhulu, you enter Al-Jannah paradise. They were waiting on those heights, looking at the people of Jannah, looking at the people of Hellfire. When they will see everything, Allah will tell them, okay, enter Jannah now. لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْكُمْ No fear will be on you. وَلَا أَنْتُمْ تَحْزَنُونَ Nor shall you ever grieve. Because in Jannah, no person will ever experience fear, nor will he have any regret. And when they will go to Jannah, then the people of hellfire, وَنَادَى He will call out from Noon Dalia, أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ The people of fire, they will call out to who? أَصْحَابُ Jannah, The people of Jannah. The people who are suffering punishment in hellfire, they will call out to people who are enjoying reward in Jannah. And that afidu, poor, from fayadat. Fayad is to pour, like a glass of water. Pour. Pour down alayna on us min al from some water. You have rivers and springs of water that Allah has given you. Give us some water. Something to drink. Something with which we can cool ourselves. Give us something. أَفِيضُ عَلَيْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ 
Oh, or mimma from what razaqakumullah Allah has provided. You give us something. One grape, one morsel of food, something that Allah has given. You just throw it down on us, just toss it to us. Qalu, they will say, Inna Allah, indeed Allah harramahuma. He has forbidden both of them. Alal kafirin on the disbelievers. The people of Jannah are who? Those who are compassionate towards others, those who are charitable. So this is why the people of Hellfire will hope that perhaps they will show some mercy to us. Maybe they will give us something. But the people of Jannah, they will refuse. Why? Because if Allah has decided not to show mercy to them, then no one will show mercy. The people of Allah are loyal to Allah. The people of Jannah are loyal to Allah. So they will not show any kind of mercy or kindness or compassion to the people of hellfire. So what does it show? That a person who does not care for himself in this world, then no one will care for him in the hereafter. A person who does not have mercy on himself now, and does not prevent himself from disobeying Allah, then no one will show mercy to him. Not even the righteous people of paradise who have more than they can enjoy. Even they will not show mercy. So it's very important that we are concerned about ourselves today. And if we want to do any good, do it now so that it can benefit us tomorrow. Because in the hereafter, what is it that will shade a person? What is it that will help a person? It is his charity. Right? That is what will take him to Jannah. Because he fed others, he will be fed. He clothed others, he will be clothed. He will be honored. And if we selfishly live in this world, then we will be treated in that manner in the hereafter. So let's be generous now, so that we can be shown generosity on that day. Recitation. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَا نُكَلِّفُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا لَا نُكَلِّفُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا أُولَئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ أُولَئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِمْ مِنْ غِلٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهِمُ الْأَنْهَارِ وَقَالُوا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي هَدَانَا لِهَذَا وَمَا كُنَّا لِنَهْتَدِيَ لَوْلَا أَنْ هَدَانَا اللَّهِ لَقَدْ جَاءَتْ رُسُلُ رَبِّنَا بِالْحَقِّ وَنُودُوا أَن تِلْكُمُ الْجَنَّةُ أُورِثْتُمُوهَا بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ وَنَادَى أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ 